This is Bragg, son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. calls for aid and Brog shall answer Mondine welcome back to light the beckons Lotro podcast focusing on the A-list MMORPG Lord of the Rings Online as well as relative topics in books movies gaming and the lore of JTOK this is episode 32 and I'm your host, Berg of the Lonely Mountain, friend of the Merc, and dwarf of ill repute. Okay, what's going on? The usual hijinks over at LTB. Some of you may have seen my tweet this week that I had a bit of a laptop failure over the last two weeks. Uh, the wonders of an aging laptop unit. Uh, indeed, I lost a full quarter of my keyboard. Uh, which included my A key, my tab, my escape, my caps lock, my shift, my control, my function. Basically everything from the A over was kaputski. And uh, on an AWSD game, not being able to press the A can be somewhat difficult. <laughs> I did manage to um, kind of stumble my way through some anniversary events, some things that might not be as critical, uh, some workarounds here and there. You know what happens, like when one of your keys on your computer goes bad and you can't press it anymore, either it doesn't register or whatever, you you, uh, you copy that one letter from somewhere else and every time you need to need to type it in, you press, you know, you paste it in. So, you know, I'm typing in chat and I'm like, you know, control V for an A and do all those workarounds and fun stuff. Anyway, it was not fun. My computer was in the shop for a full week, approximately. Probably put more money into it than I want to for an aging unit at this point in time. And as a consequence of that, uh, this episode is going to be somewhat truncated. I don't want to speak too much about a game that I have not been playing too much over the last week or two. Uh, but I did decide to record, just to let you all know that I am still alive. This dwarf has not kicked the bucket. And we are back online. So, we're broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ in the only place in Middle Earth I can think of where you can sit in the middle of four on level frost grims just chilling out and relaxing. Yes, I'm atop Caradras, an Irigion by the Campfire of the Fellowship, which is needed for the Ring Goes South deed. Honestly, well, honesty is the virtue you get for completing that deed at least. Uh, it's one that I recently acquired in my Bjorning on his way back through Eregion, heading to Enidwaith. As I look out over uh, the plains, it's quite wintry up here, obviously. There's a wintry mix. There's a bit of a glow coming from the frost grim that are surrounding the campfire. Uh, there I see some thorny bushes and scrubs that are coated in the wintry mix. 
I look up, I can see the shadowy tips of Cardras and the tops of Zurich Ziggle to the south of me. Uh, looking down into the valley, it's it's pretty hidden. You know, I can see some pine trees off in the distance. Occasionally, some sunlight breaking through the crowd, but for the most part, it is stormy up here. So you can imagine it would be trying to cross one of the more wintry mountains in Middle Earth. So, what am I doing out here? That is a good question. Just having a look about before considering uh, re-entering Moria again. Enjoying the brisk, clean, crisp air. Beautiful, isn't it, Grima? What do you think? <laughs> yes, it's like a fantasy land, isn't it, eh? <laughs> we'll soon return to Moria again, my friend. Don't worry. Uh, perhaps soon, although I am enjoying visiting different parts of Middle-earth and traveling about. So we'll see what the future holds and where my whimsy takes me. Be that as it may, let's light our second beacon. Ilanoch. That's a review our agenda for this week. Well, first it's time for CRAP, corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. So last episode we offended... Twitter followers, PVM peers, Lotro devs, MinMax raiders, Merkwood haters, Dwarven buttock admirers, incompetent raid leaders, and seafood lovers. And so to all of you, I express a very heartfelt sorry. Uh, viewer comments. Woodholm Stoutheart, captain of the Brandywine, wrote in and told us this past week, Hello, Bragg. Great job on the April Fool's broadcast. When I saw the title, I thought, oh no, is he hanging up his mic? Imagine my pleasant surprise when I got the joke. I wanted to let you know, since I commented in a previous email, your broadcast quality has been stellar lately, very sharp and clear. So here's the secret on that. This is uh, something I've learned from extensive podcasting, 32 episodes now. This is a hint or a tip for all of you who are just starting out. It helps if you actually speak directly into the microphone. Don't tell anyone. So I don't know what you're doing different, if anything, but it's working. I'm speaking into the microphone. Also, I wanted to let you know I enjoy your segments on older areas of the game. It seems sometimes the good old days of Lotro are escaping us. It's good to have someone who appreciates the older content to go back and highlight it. Keep the beacons lit. I will indeed. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, here's a viewer who, you know, enjoys when he sees the different parts of Lotro that I highlight in the past um, you know again bit of a technicality there's some discussion there's some debate you know, let's let's table it we're gonna table it for this episode but uh, we'll do a little bit more of that um, in this podcast so thanks for writing in very much appreciate it uh, the big news this week on fun with Freelorn, the Twitter stream it was announced that the ashes of us Gilead update 16 would be released Released on May 4th. Star Wars Day? Really? That had to be had to be planned, right? Had to be planned? I don't know if SWOTOR's got something coming out soon that might uh, attract more people away as uh, these games sometimes do. I know uh, World of Warcraft in the past has scheduled releases uh, you know, just prior to big releases by some of their primary competitors. A little gamesmanship perhaps, a little one-upsmanship. So that's possible in this uh, particular instance. Uh, hopefully there won't be too many folks uh, studying to be Jedi uh, in the School of Thamardane when uh, when that date hits. 
So in this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in the game these past few weeks, which is not much. We're going to visit briefly with the line of Isildur in our Lotro Quest highlight segment. And we will give Grima one last opportunity to light a beacon, which he flubbed so mightily uh, a few weeks back. And that's about it. That's all we got. So let's move on to our third beacon. Nardal. This week in gaming and other Tolkien news. So I should share with you that um, there was yet another Humble Bundle that came out this past two weeks. For those of you who monitor the Humble Bundle situation, uh, first of all, the money goes to charity, which is great. But basically, for a little over $5, as a minimum bid at least, they had an offering of Dragon Age, I think, 1 and 2, Mass Effect, um, a newer version of Plants vs. Zombies, which looked kind of like an open world uh, type of scenario. a game called Dead Space, etc., etc., three or four others. So I probably would have paid that amount for the Dragon Age games alone, and some of the others do look interesting as well. Uh, for $5, a good bargain, although I'm qu- quickly reaching the critical mass of unplayed games, which is going to lead me to pass by other humble bundles, unless it's something I really had my eye on. I know a lot of you fall into that. Uh, I've heard other podcasters talk about falling into that trap as well until they have you know 100 games on their screen and 90 of them aren't even loaded locally and have never been played. I don't want to do that, but this did seem like a good deal and there were a few games in there that I want to give a try out to, so I took the plunge this time around. How many, how many of you guys went out and took advantage of that deal? Seemed like a good one. Uh, so, in Lotro though, uh, Bragg has been active limping around, always to the right, um, doing some anniversary stuff. So anniversary's been out the last two weeks. Um, a couple days after the anniversary started, it took them to get out the awards for the longstanding players, including the seven-year portrait frame, which I received. I thought I only had the six-year coming up, but it, I, I received the seven-year. I don't know if they skipped one for me or if I'm just not remembering that correctly. Uh, they had a gift box filled with fireworks, of course, every time you log in. And uh, received the full Caparasan set for the Woodland, uh, the Woodland Steed, which is uh, pretty nice actually. Uh, received a sturdy key, uh, and started to take a look at some of the anniversary rewards out there. I have to admit, the Woodland Horse and Cloak are actually pretty nice. Yes, it is a blanket horse, but you know, again, I think they're finding if, if they spend a little time on the blanket horses and put some nice details in it. Um, they can actually still be something worth grinding for and I found that to be the case in this instance so um, how did I get my woodland steed? Well a combo of setting off fireworks, doing a few horse races here and there chasing envelopes around Bree and a few beer batter runs for good measure so um, I did run the beer batter hall to finish off like after you've done all the others the beer batter hall I think is the only um, event uh, as part of the anniversary that you can just grind all day. Um, as long as you're willing to spend the time and sit in the beer hall and participate, you can continue to grind tokens. <coughs> Whereas all the other quests available for the anniversary are basically dailies. So when I needed a few more at the end, I did go to the beer hall. Um, haven't been back there since I got the battered, bruised, and contused title uh, for um, grinding enough chances at that. 
So the beer hall had a few participants in each of the runs I was in. Um, you know, I was a little slow, obviously, using my mouse to navigate to the right <laughs> or to the left in each case. Um, you know, which uh, was slowing my pace a little bit. There were a couple people in there that didn't observe the usual etiquette and you know got theirs and ran out and left uh, me without being able to finish a couple times. So uh, you know, I didn't obviously didn't feel like playing with them after that. But most of the people in there were very nice and took turns. Um, you know, whapping each other. If there's only two of you, you can get it done. As long as the other guy doesn't leave, you just sit there and take turns hit each other until you both get the deed. So if you're in the beer hall, be don't be that guy that leaves when you get yours and leaves the other people high and dry. Sit around, make sure everyone has got uh, all the hits in that they need so everyone's grinding tokens and they're more likely to come back and play with you again so that you can advance your deed as well. Um, Interesting fact I found, running the horse races for the anniversary event uh, actually had a good deal of success using my mouse to steer the horse as opposed to using the A and D keys to turn. What I found was, this is you know something, how can I learn this after seven years of playing Lotro, it did seem I had more precision on the all-important um, you know, rickety bridge jumps across the muddy mire uh, when I was controlling, finally controlling with the mouse rather than trying to hit the AD keys. And I think it's because the keys are kind of more susceptible to lag um, when you're trying to make small fine-tuned adjustments across those bridges, whereas the mouse seemed to be a bit more precise. So even though I have my AD keys back going forward, I think I probably will try to steer across the mouse, at least on those parts of the course. It does seem to have a greater fine-tuned... Um, level of control which was surprising um, again ran envelope quests around Bree I always think those are kind of amusing I have to say out of all the envelopes I opened across characters and it wasn't a ton but I did it I did it a fair amount I don't think I got anything besides an anniversary token or um, you know either the the invitation you're supposed to get or an unwanted note so no no steed, uh, you know, no steed deeds, no emotes, or anything like that, which I have gotten in the past. So I don't know if they dropped the drop rate on those, or if I just happened to be uh, at the mercy of the RNG for this time around. I did not bother launching fireworks off the methyl stage. That usually is the hardest one to get started. You need a few people to get that done. And I ran over there, and it didn't seem to be uh, running at the time, and I didn't see anyone around. So skip that one. And... Uh, the fireworks quest in Bree is, you know, quick, easy, fairly painless. Although, if you've gotten like eight or nine out of the fireworks right, you're not paying attention and you launch the last one wrong and you have to start over again. You ever do that? Yeah, I've done that before. That's a pain. Uh, aside from that, someone mentioned trying to run a Trouble and Tuck at level 30. Um, you know, just pull the whole instance with your guard or whoever it is and, uh, you know, mow everything down. Um, in order to farm steel tokens, uh, you know, given the mob density in there. So I was like, it's probably a pretty good idea. I'll give that a shot. Ran through there with my guard, blew all the horns, got everything together as much as I could, and got three steel tokens out of the entire run, which I thought was pretty meager, um, including the encounters. So I don't know if, again, just bad luck by me. Um, seemed to me you had a better chance of getting the tokens out of some of the higher level elites too. So you might do better uh, going after elite mobs than standard mobs. But 
I don't know, treble and tuck didn't work for me for farming those, so I just I think it's better to just go and deed potentially if you need uh, kill deeds anyway. Uh, so my Bjorning is now level 67, moving his way through the In Your Absence quest line. Uh, finished the Rift Skirmish on Tier 2, had no problems with that. Um, did the little, uh, little quest around Rivendell, now that I had rounded up all the Rangers to talk to all those folks, and a bit more on that later. Headed down to Gwingris to pick up Erebrander's Horseshoe, of course, as we all know, the most important legendary item in the game and uh, the one that every min-max raider needs to have in order to be successful so make sure you pick that up and always keep it equipped just kidding and uh, headed down to Eshada region so that little maze instance is next that's uh, east uh, just down the hill from me here and uh, on the way up Kairdras that one's always kind of a little bit of a pain to get through um, I know the area pretty well by now Tell you the one thing I probably won't do on any other tunes ever. I think I've done it twice. I did it. Uh, Bragg did it obviously, and I think I did it on one other tune. Maybe my burglar, where I could sneak around and not have to fight everything, was to uh, complete the deed where you find all the 20 different rooms um, in that uh, in that area. It's only good for a title, um, but uh, you know. So it was kind of fun to explore more than once, but. You know, I can't see doing that on every tune. It's a bit of a pain to find your way around. It is a bit of a maze in there, as it was meant to be. So as I'm moving through Region, through the, the In Your Absence quest line, the one thing I usually do for tunes that have not drained Region is to pick up some of the deeds uh, as you move through, like picking up the random pieces of ring lore around, making sure you finish the uh, Fellowship Ringo South quest line, maybe even kill some of the orc elites uh, for the leaders of um, leaders of, uh, of the enemy region deed as well and uh, make sure I, I get all the stables in case I missed a few of those and I always kill as many half orcs and Crabane as, um, as I happen to come across while I'm in there because those are two typical deeds that I go back and end up finishing later when I'm building out virtues anyway um, but my big picture focus right now is to get through Erigion and to drain as much of it Anidwaith as possible. Haven't done the full Anidwaith uh, region in a while, so looking forward to not just finishing the epic down there, but pursuing some of the alternate quest lines and uh, doing as many of those as possible before I out-level that area. So looking forward to that uh, content. Have not done it in a while, and I'll report back to you on it uh, once we see how the Bjorning does with it. Should have at least at level 67. I should have at least a good three or four levels worth of stuff I can do down there before it becomes uh, starts to get uh, too easy or gray. Uh, Minstrel Cappy and Loremaster were dormant. Like I said, didn't get a lot of playtime. I did make level 40 on my Runekeeper, doing some cleaning up of runes around Even Dim, and um, my Berg is questing in Stoke around the. The town with the bridge on it. What's it called? I have to look it up real quick. Um, that's in Stoke. I'm pulling it up as we speak because it's critical that I get this. It's very important. Uh, and the town would be is called Brockbridge. So I'm doing questing in, uh, with my Berg around Brockbridge, and I had to quit because some of the quests got a little tough to do with my makeshift keyboard mouse setup. 
but uh, I did. I was working on basically. There's an elite that you have to pull out from behind a series of fences on the other side of Brockbridge. His name is Nagas, N-A-G-A-S, and he has uh, two mobs that are close to him that are also kind of linked to him from an aggro standpoint. So that if you get one, you pull them all. So the usual trick of a Berg stealthing in just to get the elite you need and pulling him away did not work. I was always pulling him plus the two elites. And I think his morale is either 60 or 80k. It's up there. And this was a tough uh, quest to do with a Berg on level. I have to admit, um, you know, the first time I tried it just to see how it went, it did not go well. I had to hide in plain sight and skedaddle out of there. The next time I put on every piece of food and buff I could get um, to see if I could, uh, you know, do a little bit of kiting, do a little bit of uh, crowd control and so forth, and uh, take down all three. And I came very close to beating him that time, but um, still in the end, uh, just a little too much. I had him down to, I think, under 10k when I ran out of tricks, mezzes, and he was going to hit me one more time and I was going to be done. So I found the trick on that one was to basically uh, aggro him from over the fence, jump on my horse, and do the old mounted combat run in circles until I had his two adds burned down and had him at a low enough level that I could get off the horse and finish the job a little more quickly. So mounted combat comes to the rescue uh, for the Nagas challenge. And uh, the next quest in that area is when you're defending the fences with waves of orcs coming at the captain. And uh, you know, given the trouble I had with a similar quest like that in the Broad Acres, I'll have to see if I switch to Yellow Line for Cloud Control, if I can work my way through that one, or if that one's going to be problematic as well. But ready to try it now that I got my keyboard fixed. So that's the stuff I've been doing in Lotro. Um, why don't we move on to our next beacon? Erelast. Erelast beacon is lit. This week in Erelast, I want to talk a little bit about a nice little quest, series of quests in Lotro called the House of Asildur. This quest is in the epic quest line, in, uh, encountered in the In Your Absence, so recently executed on my Bjorning. And it happens to be a series of session plays which are bestowed upon you by Candaith outside of the stables of Rivendell before the Grey Company heads south. And there are a couple reasons I enjoy this quest line. First of all, um, you get to do session plays a ranger, right? Which is, uh, people have always said it should have been a class in the game, right? So that's an argument for another day. But it is fun to play a ranger. There's some fun little skills in there. And they weave a few um, different areas of the game that you don't often get to visit into a storyline that tells you uh, the backstory of Aragorn and the line of Isildur and how it, uh, some of the tragedy that befell it over the ages past. And it really um, is closely linked with lore that's, uh, for the most part, outside of Lord of the Rings. Um, that you would not get from just reading the straight Lord of the Rings books, uh, but that is, uh, you know, filled in in the appendices and through other uh, works of Tolkien. So um, it's uh, it tells a neat little story and really helps you understand everything that's come before that makes what they're about to do so important. It's it's really the culmination of almost a thousand years of exile um, from. 
uh, Isildur's line, uh, you know, acting as rangers in the north and and really, um, you know, giving up their kingdoms because they were losing the wars to Sauron. Um, you know, going into hiding, protecting the lands, uh, you know, the, and people of the north more as kind of mercenary brigands and uh, and uh, you know using subterfuge and hit and run tactics rather than taking them on with plate mail and in fortresses because they'd been losing that battle for millennia and they decided uh, you know if they were going to survive they were going to have to change the way that they fought this war until they were ready to return under the banner of their king um, so these are some of the events that are hinted at as uh, as you work through this quest line um, so first we get to meet two Dúnedain, uh, Leganad and Herodor, who are traveling north into Forakel to reclaim the relics left behind in the flight from the wreck of Fornost. So what's happened is um, you know, the line of Isildur has lost the battle of Fornost, and Arvidui, the king, has fled north into Forakel, and uh, you know his ki his kinsmen have sent a ship to retrieve him. Uh, but the ship is not returned, and the fate of the king is unknown. So Leganad and Herdor travel north into Forakel, and uh, you know they don't know much about the snowmen, or as we know them, Lossoth of Forakel, and uh, they're hoping they are in effect opposed to the Witch King. And after fighting your way through a few ice worms, you eventually come to the ice bay, holding the broken ship that was sent to rescue Arvidwe. And you come across an encounter of a, a number of Lossoth, including their chieftain Hasaka. And Hasaka lets you know that um, the tall king, they told him not to take the great monster, which is the, the ship that, that uh, sailed into their harbor. We warned him not to climb atop it. Our shaman smelled danger in the air, but he did not listen. They said the power of the witch king is very strong in winter. His ice broke the sea monster's back. And uh, how, who will now rule your people? Did the tall king have no sons? Is the question that Hasaka asked. So through this discussion, um, they do share that uh, there is, first of all, surviving heirs in the line of Ilsidor. And second, you learn that the ring of Barahir was entrusted to the Lossoth before Arvidwe uh, set off on his doomed journey. So Langanad and Herador return from Forakel with the uh, heirloom of the line of Ilsador, the Ring of Barahir, preserved. And a thousand years pass until Arador, the chieftain of the Dúnedain in 2930, is fighting the, the fight, uh, the good fight for his people in the Troll Heights, otherwise known as the Etten Moors, where he adventured to maintain the safety of his people. And again, the Dunedain are pursuing their chieftain, but fearing for the worst. Uh, you get a chance to fight through in um, an area of the Edmores you might recognize if you've played there in PvP. Um, you get to fight through a series of goblins and troll chieftains uh, as Glangon and Korrigir until you um, find that your chieftain, in fact, Arador, has been slain by the trolls in defense of his people. And this is the reason why Arador's End is so named in the Etnmores. And this just comes out of the, uh, this is not just an outpost to, to flip forevermore in PvP. <laughs> There's actually a lore point to Arador's End in the Etnmores, and this is really where it's rooted in. 
So it was that Arador was slain, and Arathorn became the chief of the Dúnedain. And the year 2956, they hoped that Arathorn would rule as long as their chief, but it was not to be. One year after the birth of his son Aragorn, Arathorn was slain by orcs, and his wife fled to Rivendell. Uh, from there, the session play moves into a companion of Aragorn's, uh, played by a Dune divine named Tugan, who is accompanying Aragorn as he, um, as he departs Rivendell and travels east, uh, we presume over the, um, over the Pass of Caradhras, and is in Nandurian, uh, outside the walls of Moria, walking towards Rivendell. And through this session play, um, we learn that Aragorn is uh, starting to embrace his birthright and feels that he must adventure around Middle-earth and uh, win some renown and do some deeds worthy of his bloodline in order to deserve uh, the rule that uh, he knows he is destined for. And as he's departing towards uh, Lothlorien, he meets an old man along the road who turns out to be Gandalf. And Gandalf, of course, has been following his history and is aware of his upbringing in Rivendell lo these many years and uh, strikes up uh, both a friendship and a partnership with Aragorn that will uh, continue on in the years leading up to and through The Hobbit and before the events of Lord of the Rings. And uh, from there, you know, I think the implication is that Aragorn goes on to Lothlorien where perchance he has his first meeting with the Lady Arwen, which, uh, you know, is the uh, star-crossed lover's tale of Lotro. And so uh, I'm not sure if it happens right at that moment or a little further down, but I, I believe the implication is that he meets them as he's uh, as he's venturing out of Rivendell and, and traveling east from uh, from the Caradhras Pass uh, east of Moria. So there's a nice bit of dialogue between uh, Aragorn as he's uh, maturing into his uh, you know kingly wisdom and Gandalf who understands his importance and uh, you know offers to help him and, and, and speak with him uh, about the many uh, threats and dangers of Middle-earth and um, you know there's a few things I take out of this series of uh, this series of session plays that are part of this House of Ilsner quest line. First uh, they reuse some really cool locations of Forakel um, to tell the story of Arvidui. So in case you didn't uh, you know, understand the full implications of who Arvidui was and why he was you know, stranded on the broken ship in the middle of Forkel Bay, um, now you understand some, perhaps a little deeper the roots of the lore from which that sprang. Um, I was, uh, as a side note, I was listening to an episode of uh, Lotro Players this week when I learned that the location of Arvidui's ship in the Bay of Forkel, which is always surrounded by Gwaradan, is actually an outpost that can be flipped according to the dialogue that they shared. Uh, very similar to how you can flip outposts in the area of Evendim, uh, Anuminas, um, in order to take certain control points. So that would make a little bit of sense. Forkel came out in a very similar time frame uh, to Angmar, where you can flip control points in order to open up the uh, you know, the battles of Angmar um, in Anuminas, uh, and as well Forkel. But I have to admit, you know, as long as I've played the game, that is not something I was aware of. Every time I've ever been there, the place has been filled with Gordane, and I've, I've never seen it flipped over. Uh, I would imagine if you did flip it, it would be Lossoth that would be guarding it. 
I don't know, I might have to head up there with one of my better DPS classes and see if I can do it as a solo. Um, they did mention the spawn rate's really high, so you might need a duo to do it. Uh, but uh, now I've got to see that for myself. So I'll go check that out. Thanks for the tip from Lotro Players. So what else is cool about these series of quests? Um, Ranger Session Play. Ranger is a class that was always suggested uh, strongly as perhaps one of the expansion classes of Lotro. I happen to agree with the decision that was made um, that uh, you know it should stay uh, central to the lore and the plot line and that being a ranger would be something that would be a little bit more limited and in effect I see the roles of the burglar and hunter to be that of the ranger anyway uh, would be too similar. If you want to be a ranger go do session play in the, uh, in the Edmores. <laughs> um, it describes how the heirlooms of Aragorn's house were preserved over the years so that he could claim them as his birthright and uh, become the king of Gondor. It shows us the meeting between Aragorn and Gandalf and Andurian as he heads down to Lothlorien, perhaps to meet Arwen for the first time. Um, you know, something that we would have never seen in our timeline. Uh, later you get to personally deliver Arwen's banner um, to the great company so that they can bestow it to Aragorn at the proper time and place. That's obviously a momentous uh, turning point in Aragorn's story. And uh, you know why is this whole line of Isildur storyline so cool? Well, because there are no other books I know of in the history of fiction uh, that have this level of detail around lineage, history, and myth. Remember, this stuff was never in Tolkien's book for Lord of the Rings. It's all just backstory. Um, you know, the, again, the uniqueness of Tolkien is that he went to the lengths to create full languages, you know, being a linguistics major, mythology, creation stories, histories of the millennia before his main stories were made. Um, you know, that fill all these other wonderful uh, materials that have come out over the years. And, uh, you know, can you imagine geeking out with Tolkien and the Inklings as he came up with this stuff? You know, did he ever think that any of it would matter to anyone else besides himself? I think he did it to, to please himself because he was in love with the world. And, uh, you know, it comes through, there is a purpose behind it. Um, since everything has a place and everything has a time and a purpose and all that level of detail, it just lends that additional authenticity behind all the actions, reactions, counteractions that occur in the narrative. Um, everything means something, everything's connected, and it's all because you have that sense of place from that backstory, which is what makes Middle-earth unique. And just for a kicker, here's a, a list of the kings from the line of Elendil, son of Amandil. Ilsidur, Menildil, Semendur, Irendil, Anardil, Ostafer, Romandasil, Turambar, Atanatar, Siriandil, Turan and Philaster, Irnil, Kurandil, Hammerndil, Atanatar, Narmasil, Kalmasil, Minilkar, Valakar, Minathara, Castamir, Aldakar, Aldamir, Hydramandasil, Menardil, Telamnar, Tarondar, Telemetar, Ambardasil, Narmasil, Kalamatar, Ondar, Ernil, Ernar, Elessar and his son Eldarion. Alessar of course being uh, King Alessar, Arag renamed Aragorn, first king of the reunited kingdom in the first age, you know, who lived from the third age 3019 through the first age of 120 and ruled during that period. So you know there's a good 35-36 kings over the course of a thousand years 
in the bloodline of Sildor, and only Tolkien would think that every single one of them was important, and that they all mattered, and uh, the line of kings unbroken of Gondor. And I think that's enough discussion of that before we move on to our next beacon. Oh, and by the way, any viewers out there want to call in and do a better job pronouncing all those things than I did off the top of my head with no practice, feel free. Please submit a recording out on lightthebeacons.com or uh, YouTube or Twitter or whatever social media, and I promise I will probably ignore it. Okay, moving on to our fifth beacon, Minrimon. Minrimon, and now a word from our sponsors. This week's episode of Light the Beacons is brought to you by Barrowbree, now featuring special Barrowbree for Bjornings. When you're low on honey and don't have much money, forget all the bees and instead cut the cheese. When you don't want to face the morning, try extra strength Barrowbree for Bjornings. Disease resistance is futile. Try Barrowbree on your mac and cheese. It makes a hobbit tummy fill up with glee and poison. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of material this week. We haven't been playing much Lotro during, due to our laptop problems. So I agreed to give Grima a beacon. Okay, Grima, here we go. We're at Callanhad. Here's your chance. Light it up. Light it. Go ahead. Light. Light it. L light the beacon, Grima. Just, just light the darn beacon already. The beacon is doused. Really, Grandma? Really? You were that unprepared? What, did the war eat your homework? Fine. Well, I guess that takes us to... Well, then I guess it's time for Blessed Relief. We're at Halitherian. Rohan, the kingdom of Rohan is coming to our rescue. That brings us to the end of the 32nd episode of Light the Beacon. So we'd love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can talk, contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for A. I wish I had an A key. Uh, Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofbalan or our website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcasts. I kindly request you may take the time to create an iTunes review perchance you're so inclined. I have not had one yet in 2015. I would very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forego my dwarven apathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So I hope you either laughed at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle-earth. This is Bragg, Santa Bylan, shining off. Brukazad. Remember, the next time you're playing an AWSD game with no A, three lefts makes a right. So don't despair, and go out there and light those beacons, my friends. See you soon.